Monday, August 17th, 2020. And with me again is my husband. Hi, husband. Hi, husband. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Now, I know that you're, you're very familiar with lots of podcasters, aren't you? Of course. Yes. Well, today happens to be the birthday of... Edward R. Murrow. Is it really? I don't know. He's a famous podcaster, isn't he? Not a podcaster. Walter Cronkite. No. no. All right. And those are the only podcasters I know. They're not podcasters. Those are newsmen. They didn't do podcasts. Anyway, the famous podcaster I'm talking about is Adam Burns. Oh. He does like 27 podcasts. Do you, which one do you listen to? All of them. Oh, gosh, you're really good. Well, um, we wish um, Adam a very happy birthday today, even though he may not hear this. Um, I don't, actually don't even know if he listens to my podcast, to tell you the truth. Happy birthday. Thank you. So, anyway, happy birthday, Adam. So, um, speaking of uh, podcasting stuff, the last episode that everyone heard from Arch Radio was Kathy Bacon telling her story of how she crashed her motorcycle into a ditch. I'm sure you listened to that episode. Of course. Yeah, you did. Did you feel bad for her? Yes, that sounds dangerous. Well, she damaged or she uh, injured her leg, and um, it's currently giving her a big problem. She's got like a a hole in her leg, and it's, uh, I don't know if it's infected yet or not, but it was causing her pain, and it was oozing a lot. So It'll get better soon. I know. You know, when I was younger and more, I guess I had something of a, rebellious streak yeah i wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle right and um i just found something found something very liberating about it um but you know i i I broke my neck in a car accident when i was younger yes and um, the doctor my orthopedic doctor did not think that was a good idea so guess what i decided to do instead play tennis i've always done that run no learn how to ride a horse Oh, yes. <laughs> you think that's just as good? <laughs> well, considering the amount of t- times I fell, uh, no. But um, oh, I guess safer than a motorcycle because with the horse, you're only controlling the animal. You're not really having to think about other obstacles on the road like other motorists or yeah, whatever. Um, so in that sense, but... Um, well, I just think of Christopher Reeves and what happened to him. Yeah, well, you know, he broke his neck doing a very simple warm-up exercise over, I think, a Cavaletti. Or it wasn't a high jump or anything. What's a Cavaletti? And he fell. It's uh, it, uh, when you see the when you only drive past uh, equestrian rings. Um, and we drive out toward wine country yeah, over, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they look like X's. The oh, the the okay. horse the riders are jumping over what looks like fences, but they go through the like middle X's. of the X's. Those are Cavalettis. Gotcha. And they can be pretty low or pretty high. And Christopher Reeves fell um doing a very basic he wasn't doing any sort of high jumping or he wasn't cantering um the horse wasn't out of control i think the horse just stopped at that at the at the at the at the fence at the place and stopped and then he fell forward and fell on his neck fell on his head um a very simple exercise um but that's just how it happened for him um well 
So that was unfortunate. Anyway, that's just the story with that. I was going to say, we're getting off off of, uh, off of topic here. But um, anyway, so we hope that Kathy Bacon is feeling better and that her leg is healing. Yeah, let's get back on the bike. Yeah. Well, she will. I'm sure she will. Um, so this week begins the Democratic National Convention. And as you know, it's going to be very different this year. Um, it's going to be all Zoom-type things and yeah. a lot of the speeches and stuff are pre-recorded and that happens that starts tonight at 10 p.m unfortunately at that time i will be recording but first with the big brother group so you'll have to watch that the uh, convention yourself but i'm sure you'll be able to see um replays of it but um tonight michelle obama will be speaking and i thought fo- i thought fo- i saw this thing on twitter I forget who who put it out that said, um, "Gosh, I hope Melania records Michelle's speech tonight." Yeah, but she'll need something to copy, right? Exactly, that was the point of it. So, besides the convention, we discovered—well, I discovered—and I shared it with you—something um, that was a little scary and, um, well, shocking to know that it, that it occurs actually with every presidency. But anyway, it's these—it's these things called. P ads. It is presidential emergency action documents, and these are so private and so secret that nobody knows about them. Like the Congress doesn't know about them. Um, okay. Well, I thought certain members of Congress did know about them. They do. They know about them, but they don't know what is contained in the documents. Okay. So these documents are prepared, pre-written in case of an emergency. So, for example, let's say there was a nuclear uh, nuclear war going on. They would have written what was going to take place in the case of a nuclear war. This is These are the steps that would take place. This would happen, this would happen, this would happen. And the president has almost unlimited powers in this situation. He can... According to this, the CBS Morning News video that I saw, he can suspend the Constitution. He can declare martial law, and those types of things. But they—it seems like they have—they would have to be extreme emergency situations. So, for example, a pandemic. Well, I was going to say I watched the rest of that video yesterday, and do you know that in Trump's first three and a half years? He declared seven national emergencies because he, someone told him at some point that he gets special powers when it's an emergency. So he thinks that he can do almost anything if he declares an emergency. Right. But okay. So as you read that last night, Trump may think that is the case, but it's not quite that simple. It is not. That is so true. When this was written during the Eisenhower administration. Yes. And the Cold War was in its infancy. And this is when we were, you know, ducking and covering and any airplane could be carrying an atomic bomb. Well, if there were strikes on several cities and there were disruptions across the board, state, local governments... Um, attacks on Washington, D.C., communication lines were destroyed, 
in such an attack, then someone would have to take control. Correct. And that someone would be the president, assuming, and this is when, you know, the I guess the bunkers, I don't know when the bunkers were built or whatever, but that the president would have to assume those sorts of extraordinary powers because Chaos. there was nothing left to to give direction. There was there were there were no uh, governing bodies or infrastructure was destroyed. Um, we needed, you know, right. it would be an extreme um, situation, and that really would have been dire because um, you think of. The communication systems we have now compared to 1955, it's completely different. So I could, you know, I could see this like the Cuban Missile Crisis, for example, would yes, be a case I'm of sure where there was one written for that. that. Well, but, but probably before that, you know, when no, Kennedy, they're all before. They're all yeah, before. so when Kennedy became president, Khrushchev uh, was very belligerent toward the Kennedy administration, and he was emboldened by the Bay of Pigs. Uh, fiasco, and so then here comes the Berlin Wall, and then here comes the buildup in Cuba, the weapons in Cuba. So I'm sure, you know, before all of this got to the point of October of 1962, there was a plan in place in case it escalates to nuclear warfare, yes. and the president has to assume control. Okay, there is so, nothing going on right now. No, that that would would would, would warrant right. any of those. Situation. Let me go back a little bit. As you said, it, they began with the Eisenhower administration in 1958 because that's when the Cold War started. And so administrations, every administration that we've had, Republican and Democrat, have written these PADs, P-E-A-D-S. Yeah. They've written them in case of. Like they're, they're not written because of something happening. They're pre-planning. So that if that situation arises, all they have to do is have the president sign it, and it and it happens. You know these right. These. And so you you read off some of the dates last night, and I recognized. Well, you could think you know, about the, the key, dates, like yeah. the the Kennedy years, the span Nine, of time between the death of Brezhnev and the rise of of um, Gorbachev. September 11th, and then the aftermath of terrorism. So, when the when the um, Berlin Wall came down, that was a, a, a time that the Reagan administration reviewed some of those. No, that was Bush. I mean, a Bush, but uh, then um, you're talking about the Gulf uh, War, the Persian Gulf War. Yes, that's right. what I'm so. Um, so of course, and I don't know that that's so shocking uh, that you know that. But have you ever happened. heard of them before? I haven't. I had not heard about them either. And it sounds like from this video that nobody has heard of them before. No. Members of Congress haven't even heard of them before. But they're only set in place in, in, in case of an extreme emergency. And like you said, nothing that has occurred during Trump's administration would warrant such extreme measures. Like suspending the Constitution, suspending habeas corpus, suspending... Or, well, now, I will say the there have been times when presidents have done these things. So Abraham Lincoln suspended the writ of habeas corpus during the Civil War. Yes. There was an Aliens and Sedition, sedition Act during World yes. War One. So these things have been done. Yes. And, and challenged. The Alien Seditions Act uh, during World War One was challenged and uh, supported by the Supreme Court. Well, think about... Suspending, um, suspending uh, or the Alien Seditions Act was supported by the Supreme Court. At that well, time. I can tell you the part of that I don't agree with 
is um, suppressing the press from reporting what's actually happening in the world or uh, in our well, country. That, ha- that happened. That happened. I know it's happened. Multiple. It's happened multiple times. Right, but uh, that was before these PEADs. I mean, presidents have done these things. True. But again, that's world war. I mean, that, those are civil war where the nation is torn apart, um, where there's a world war where all of the nation's resources have to be harnessed to win a war. Um, the only the only crisis we have now is the orange turd stinking up the White House. Yes, but you know he. But he himself is I, the emergency. I know, but I'm saying he is so stupid and so um, fucked up that he, he probably thinks that the pandemic or something like that is a situation well, in which so he would need to do If he thought that, then he would have he would have taken those powers in March. Not now. Okay, but let's okay, but here's the thing. Someone told him that uh, mail in voting is going to kill him because people will send their votes in during through the mail. All right, so let me finish. All right, go ahead. All right. So he thinks, okay, well I'll replace the guy who runs the post office and then he can start dismantling the post office and um, collecting mailboxes and shutting off the sorting machines and making it difficult for people to vote by mail. Mm-hmm. And he, we, we, you and I have talked about this. He has told everyone that that's what he's doing. So could that not be considered one of the... No. What you, that last part of what, of, of what you stated is the reason why even if Trump attempted this, he could never get away with it. He has a big mouth. He has no impulse control. He can't help it. If and here's what's dangerous. If you know, we did have you know, I can think of a number like a Ted Cruz, for example, yeah. who really could really could assume those sorts of powers and convince Americans that it's in our best interest that he does so. That's the it problem. It wouldn't be done, he wouldn't do this by going on Fox and Friends and, and saying, well, I'm going to get rid of the mailboxes so the Democrats can't mail in their votes. This, this is... Which he did. <laughs> this is the curse and the blessing of Donald Trump. He can't close his fat mouth. Yep. And we're lucky that he is so mentally ill... Um, and so narcissistic that he cannot. But, you know, looking back in history and how men like Mussolini or how men like Hitler did these things, first of all, the German constitution allowed, blatantly, obviously allowed for those sorts of emergency powers to be assumed. Um, and in fact, Hindenburg had assumed them before Hitler did. So... That and then of course the 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 Reichstag fire and the communists burned down the building and um, we're and we're in the midst of this economic depression. We need emergency leadership. You could see where um, the Hitler and the Nazis had sort of set their ducks in a row and then execute and, and with with the support of the German people. He became a totalitarian leader. They had to be saved from these various crises. 
he didn't do that by going on the radio and saying, I am going to order the Reichstag to be burned down, and then I'm going to have a communist blame for it. Then I'm going to purge members of my own party who are not loyal to me. And then uh, when the president dies, uh, I, well, I think even though the, that happened afterwards. But anyway, right. and then so, and then well, of course the president is dead, so I'm just going to declare myself both chancellor and president. Just call me Führer goodbye. Yeah. That's not what happened. So this is why, um, and these are lessons to be learned. Um, if indeed presidents can assume these powers, and uh, from what you read to me last night, of course I'm not a government expert. But it really does sound like members of Congress are, there are certain members of Congress who are informed of this. They are involved in the writing of these, of these yeah, actions. Um, and the circumstances would really have to be dire, severe. Um, for that step to be taken, there, there would be no leadership left. There would be nothing, nothing left but the president or whoever whoever takes over and has to assume power. Uh, so I am my hair is not on fire over that one. Okay. Uh, even though I'm glad we know about it, and I think this is all instructional. Um, I think when this whole horrible period is over. Um, there, I think, needs to be a, a reboot of our democracy and um, extra safeguards. And I will say, um, I said I said this before. You know, the Germans had to be denazified. Right. We have to be de-Trumpified. There is a cons- considerable minority in this country who behave in a cultish fashion yes who really believe um the conspiracy theories we have two members of the republican party who believe in the QAnon conspiracy theories and you know in germany you can't buy mein kampf you can't download the nazi anthems um you can't go to the gift shop and buy a cute little swastika to bring home to put on your put on your desk to you know as a souvenir from your trip to Germany. These things are all banned. Our First Amendment is very generous, and I, I don't know that um, that should be curtailed. Except that maybe there should be you know maybe there should be at least a red flag or I don't, I don't know what kind of warning because all of this is operating in social media, and you know much more about this than I do. But if you're going to belong to the Boogaloo Boys, or if you're going to be a part of the QAnon and you're spreading out false information, there needs to be some sort of coding of this so that readers know. I don't know how this would happen. Okay, I'm, just, well, I'm just stream I can of tell consciousness. You, I can tell you what this, I is da- this is the dangerous part in our country. We are so polarized that a minority in this country, and this, this is a minority, is a minority yeah. but a dangerous minority, they live in states that have sizable influence in the Electoral College. Um, yeah. This isn't going away when Donald Trump is gone. And there needs to be a way for this stuff to be identified as false, conspiratorial, like when you buy a bottle of Drano and you see the warning on the back of the bottle. Don't drink it. Right, if you want to drink it, go ahead, but we're telling you it's dangerous. Right. That sort of thing. I think we need to move in that direction. Yeah. 
Okay, so I I completely agree with you on that. Um, a couple of things. One, for those of you who are interested in learning more about PEADS, PADS, I suggest you go to YouTube and look for the CBS Sunday Morning Show, and the video is called Limits of Power. It's It was extremely interesting and a little bit scary to me. Now... No, just to finish. Okay. Scary because we didn't know this happened. Correct. So we just assumed um, um, the president could never do these things because there's a lot of the right, but he can loose chatter about um, Trump is going to declare martial law and um, and discard and suspend, the, elect- the election. Right, suspend the election. It is not clear from those PEADs um, what are the conditions where the president is limited. So let's assume. Trump decides we're not having the electors. Well, his term expires on January 20th. If there's no president, then guess who's president? Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi. Yep. Bring it on, Donald. Okay, so along those same lines, I was, you know, we were talking about the president's powers of possibly suspending the election. So did you hear that the prime minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, actually did just that. Mm-hmm. She suspended the elections be, simply because, no, I shouldn't say simply, but because of COVID. Now, the difference here is that New Zealand, uh, of course, our friend Arthur lives in New Zealand, but it's a, it's a country of about 3.6 million people, I think, something like that. And um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, I'm trying to, not to compare the size of the countries, but I would think that elections are much more complicated in the United States because of the size of the electorate mm. versus the size of the electorate. Well, our our system is archaic and outdated. Well, they have only one other. Like yes, a, parli- a parliamentary system is different, and it is. Um, you know, it is. Um, I don't know how it works in New Zealand. I know um, in England, when there's a loss of confidence in leadership then there are and there are new elections held right so they can be done at any time depending on um the, the climate of the uh, and whether or not it's you know the confidence in the, yes. the prime minister and so, so um a part that's a different can of worms than our system they're not really we right. have we have constitutionally designated Correct. times for elections Right. Now, I don't know what New Zealand's... I know that they're a parliamentary system. I don't know if they're um, set up to be... And who is the executive? Um, I don't is, know. Is there a president? No, I don't think so. Uh, no. Look, well, look it up. Let me look see. it up. Well, you have to keep... Because the prime talking. minister is normally the liaison between the president and the parliament. Because she... Okay, she's the leader of the Labour Party. She has been a member of parliament um, since March 2017... Or for Mount Mount Albert, um, she's been in the House Rep- Representative since two thousand eight. Um, who's let, I just do? Let's do the leader of who's the leader of New Zealand. Well, so just go to New Zealand and do a quick. I would never advocate Wikipedia, but that might be your quick answer. Okay, it says the leader of prime, of New Zealand is the prime minister. It's the prime minister. All right. Yeah. So there's no one above her. There's like no, no queen or whatever. I don't think so. Go. Let me see that. No, I can't move it. I'm doing recording the podcast. Oh, I'll use my phone. You use your phone. Um, my, I guess my point here is, 
Um, I'm wondering if the people of New Zealand, especially the ones who are not in favor of Jacinda Ardern, um, if they are upset with her, uh, you know, suspending the election until COVID, uh, because they had four new cases and she suspended something like that. Right? Well, but is she is she suspending uh, until a, 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 a later date to be determined or forever, so that she is? Oh no no. The, okay, so I think I think it's that's temporary. Difference. And I don't, we don't know. We don't live there, so we don't know. All right, so let's see. Right. If Arthur's even listening to this, I'm sure he may call in and give us a an earful on this. Wait a minute. Stop in the name of love. So I was wrong. Well, the monarch, so Queen Elizabeth II, and I was going to say this, I didn't want to sound, because I wasn't certain if New Zealand was still considered part of the United Kingdom. However, Elizabeth, so she's the chief executive. Governor General is Patsy Reddy. Prime Minister is Jacinda Ardern. Well, wait, who's Patsy Reddy? She's the what? The Governor General. And she is appointed by the Queen? Um, I doubt the Queen... Well, I don't know. Let's see. Well, because it doesn't sound like she's in an elect, right, elected position. Cease. The Governor General of New Zealand is the Vice Regal Representative of the Monarch of New Zealand, currently Queen Elizabeth okay. II. So she's the... As the Queen is concurrently the Monarch of 15 other Commonwealth realms and lives in the United Kingdom. She, on the advice of her New Zealand Prime Minister, ah, appoints a Governor General gotcha. to carry out her constitutional and ceremonial duties within the realm of New Zealand. Gotcha. Excellent. And here's a picture of Patsy. You know what? She kind of looked... Well, if she had a bigger hairdo, she would look like Patsy Cline. Well, honey, no one can see that, but you're right about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. We need to start wrapping this up, but I wanted to ask you... Excuse me. We began this with the whole convention, the Democratic convention this week, and I'm wondering, is there something specific that you are looking forward to, um, you know, happening this week in the convention? Because, I mean, because it's going to be very different from what we have seen well, every year. So I'm, just I'm looking wondering. forward to um, the, the Obamas, and Michelle Obama is going to speak this evening. And, of course, Barack Obama, it, the voices of intelligence and sanity... Um, instead of you know this old man screaming at clouds, um, <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, I am excited about Kamala. It is Kamala. It is Kamala. And thank you for your listener for correcting me. We're, we are both corrected now. Yes. So um, you know how I know for sure that it's Kamala. Well, we looked it up. Well, we did. But also, um, Randy Rainbow put out a video today. Um, to the song of Camelot, but he calls her Camelot. Uh huh. So anyway, Camelot. Ca- Camelot. Anyway. Anyway, I am very excited. I think she has added a level of interest and excitement uh, to that ticket because I'm going to be honest. Uh, Joe Biden is another old man, old white man, um, and not terribly exciting, but she is rational, and if he has to. Uh, be relieved of his duties for whatever reason, uh, she is more than qualified. Absolutely. And I am really, uh, I am am not surprised that Republicans uh, played all of this birtherism. um, Oh my God, they did all this shit in the first three days. But the the media hasn't bitten the bait. And let's face it, we can blame the media for giving us Donald Trump 
And I really do wish the media would help us get rid of Donald Trump. Well, yeah. Um, and maybe maybe they are. I'm not paying attention, but um, I'm looking forward to I the end of this. All right. Well, all right. That is really good. And you pretty much hit the same things that I'm looking forward to. I really want to hear Kamala speak. And um, I, I, just, I think seeing her in these different video clips and stuff that I've seen since she's been announced as the VP, she looks excited herself. She looks very, you know, energized and like she's ready to take this on. And I mean, I just get that feeling from her. And she seems very comfortable with herself. Very comfortable. But... I like her. She has a no, no nonsense, yeah. uh, style. Um, She's and not. She will not be easily bullshit. flustered yeah. by any of Donald Trump's nonsense. And certainly, I think Mother Pence. Well, has, his mother is very nervous, and he has a run for now, his money. Let's face it. Can mother? Here's the question. Can mother debate Kamala if they are in the same room? Without well, not unless there's another Karen, yeah, his wife will have to be sitting in the room. In the room, yeah, six feet away, but yeah, mm. yeah. All right, listen. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Hope it was not too much too much politics for you people. Um, you know, Arthur, I suggest you uh, give a call if you hear this. If not, no big deal. So that's all we have for today. So until next time, bye. bye.